We acknowledge and pay respect to the land and the traditional families of the Yugambeh region of southeast Queensland and to their elders, past, present and emerging. We would also like to remind listeners that we are recording on stolen land and sovereignty has never been ceded. Welcome to Revolting Women. This is an independent podcast brought to you by four independent women. It's time to rethink, rebel and revolt. So, what do you think about the patriarchy? Do you want to destroy it? Thanks for being here. Sorry that it's been another month since our last episode. (laughs) We said we were going to be better, but we aren't. Yeah. We're thinking from now on maybe we'll try to do more episodes with less of us and um, so we can get some more things out to you all more regularly. So in the next coming weeks you might hear from us more, uh, but less of us, maybe other people. Who knows? No promises. (laughs) All surprises. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, but yeah, hope you're all doing well. Um, crazy times, election on Saturday. That's mm. where we are right now recording, but maybe this will come out after the election. So yeah, I hope you all know who you're voting for. If you're listening to us. <laughs> Hopefully by the time this comes out, um, Scott Morrison will not be our prime minister anymore. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> so maybe we'll kick off with a little bit of catch-up, follow-up from what we talked about last episode. We talked about Mardi Gras and police and all of that good stuff. Um, hope everyone enjoyed the last episode. Um, yeah. I wanted to actually come on here and talk about some things that I had said last episode that I've been thinking about since. Firstly, when I was talking about the police incidents with us at Mardi Gras, I used the word honour. Um, when addressing what privileges that we had in that situation and it is not an honour. Secondly, at the end of the episode, I was talking about how it's a very broad thing that I said, but talking about opting out of conversations and that is a very privileged thing of me to say. Oftentimes many people out there don't have the privilege and the opportunities to opt in and out and to jump from conversations and issues And it was quite ignorant of me to say that in such a heavy topic as well. Um, Following from that, also talking about having hope, I think that once again that was a very surface level thing for me to say and I apologise if I hurt anyone's feelings or said anything that was out of of my place to say. Um, Reading from a book from the author... Chelsea Watego of Another Day in the Colony, she wrote, Yet when we are told we have hope, Watego response rings clear, fuck hope, be sovereign. So initially what I am trying to say is have Indigenous sovereignty and not just hope um, as white people were responsible for cool. being accountable. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. We love learning. Mm. We love mm. looking back at stuff. That's really cool that you... Had yeah. some stuff to reflect on. And- yeah. Well, with privilege, it's such a nuanced conversation and every single day we are given unearned privileges in our society based on how who, we're, who we are when we were born, our gender, our race, nationality. There's all these different factors. I've added in, in our show notes 
a Word document full of references, uh, profiles, people, stories that you can further read on um, from Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander voices themselves. So, yeah. Yeah, awesome. I think that's really great because I think while, you know, it's important to, you know, always touch on these subjects and centre them in conversations, it's also important to be seeking out actual First Nations voices as well. When we talk about these topics and black voices in different um in different contexts from different countries as well. Yeah, if you're looking Mm -hmm. for some other podcasts to listen to, Coming Out Black, Black Magic Woman and Frontier War Stories are all awesome podcasts that you can listen to to learn a lot more. Just by the way, guys, um, in this episode we will be touching on um, some some heavy stuff, um, mainly surrounding uh, domestic violence. So if it's not something that you um, can listen to or if it may yeah, trigger you in any way. Um, we probably wouldn't listen to this episode. Um, we're not going to go obviously too deep, but yeah, just in case, um, turn it off and listen to one of our other episodes. Yeah. <laughs> our DMs are always open and 1-800-RESPECT is a number that you can call. Yeah, so um, I guess what some of the topics that we are going to talk about today is centered around originally we sort of went through I guess different emotions not emotions um just kind of different ideas lately about what we should talk about and obviously one of the biggest things that's been showing lately in the media is the um Johnny Depp and Amber Heard um trial that's going on and originally we were thinking maybe we could center the topic around that and then we thought about maybe the wider issues like surrounding that and so basically this episode is going to touch on that um but not go into too much detail because I think we can all agree that we don't think that this trial should be for public opinion. So after we have a bit of an introduction talking about that um, case that's going on, we'll also go into a bit more detail about domestic violence and family violence um, in wider society and um, things like reactive abuse and double standards. Yeah, so you've probably seen in the mainstream media on your Instagram social medias that the Depp vs. Heard case is very public and it's very nuanced and there is a lot of evidence that has been coming out from them when they talk in the courts. Uh, like what Saskia said before, I do not believe and I don't think any of us believe that it should be something publicised like this, especially for such a heavy very deep and harmful topic as gender-based violence and domestic violence, especially when they're not listening to our opinions. They don't care about what we have to say. They are rich, white, wealthy people. And when we are talking about this, we kind of just wanted to touch on this case because it is so widely talked about and everyone is deciding to have an opinion Mm. and to choose sides. Mm. And it shouldn't be about sides yeah it's like people are getting super like people are so everywhere on Facebook like people are getting excited about it and like laugh reacting to really awful traumatic headlines and like commenting and there's just thousands and thousands of comments it's everywhere it's all across social media and it's so overwhelming to be bombarded with it at all times and seeing these constant examples being given of like physical emotional abuse and stuff and like it's it's not something that should be on public display and for public opinion like everyone's just chucking their two cents in and like people are just saying the most oh like intense things and they're just standing by what they say so hard and like won't 
accept any nuance with Amber or Johnny or like seeing those sides of, okay, it can be this and it could also be this. Like it's just so one-sided and I think that um, it's just really awful seeing everyone talk down so much about Amber Heard and like regardless of whatever the outcome is or who's guilty or who's not guilty like this is it's not public discourse that's helpful or productive we're not going to get better because of this this isn't going to be a productive thing regardless of what happens this has not been a good thing Mm -hmm. to happen within the social sphere and it's just like goes back to that point that people are saying like Johnny and Amber aren't going to see your Facebook comments but your family and your friends and your loved ones who have experienced abuse or have experienced sexual violence in any form or any degree will see see it and they'll know that they can't trust you and they'll know that they can't come to you when something is happening in their personal life or someone that you know is causing harm because now they know your stance and have been able to see oh this is where they stand and they hold that opinion so strongly what am Mm -hmm. I going to do to change that and so it just causes so many effects that people aren't really thinking about and just going so headstrong into it and it's just really really fucking awful to just see it fold out and play and like play out like this like yeah yeah, and isn't it, it's not even, um, isn't it a defamation case? Mm. This is what I'm so confused yeah. about. Yeah. So basically all that's happening is that Johnny Depp is suing Amber Heard because of her opinion piece that she wrote because he lost Pirates of the Caribbean for it, and so she's countersuing. That's literally it. Like, yep. it's not, and obviously they have to, because of the circumstances, they're proving whether what Amber said was defamatory, whether it was true or not, so that's why all of these instances of the domestic violence and everything are getting brought into it. But it's not about proving the abuse it's about the money for them like Mm. so it's just like yeah one of them's gonna be super rich from it like yeah and it's it's quite sad considering like so much domestic violence that occurs each and every day but nobody Mm. that's an eyes yeah and then there's this one case that's not even Mm. like uh, what I find just... really interesting about it too is regardless of obviously who's the victim or perpetrator in the situation, I don't think we'll go into too much detail about that because I think that the whole point of all of this like trial by TikTok and all of these videos surfacing and everything is to fulfill a certain agenda for somebody to look at either Johnny or Amber as a victim or perpetrator. And I don't think we can go into too much detail in that because I think uh, it's just it's too traumatic for I think people who like are watching this and listening to that but also um the only reason people care about this so much is because I think there's so much pro Johnny Depp stuff that they're finally like oh a male victim mm. and I think that all of these people who don't give a fuck about domestic violence are coming on board and really being like this whole justice for Johnny shit is literally because they want to see some male figure of these statistics that don't exist they want a martyr they want Mm. a martyr for their cause like that's the whole fucking thing like they don't actually care about the issue or like those surrounding discourse or topics that like we're talking about or that other conversations are being had like it's not about that it's just about being right and winning for them yeah and johnny also has a history of incredibly racist comments uh he supports ronan polanski Mm -hmm. he supports all of these disgusting people people. yeah and we actually had an interesting message in our instagram this morning and it said that it's quite interesting how the nuance in the conversation about herd is so different to when harvey weinstein and Mm. his case was unleashed to the public i suppose Mm. the way there's the benefit of the doubt for Mm. the men like it's always the benefit of the doubt and it's like 
You can't uh, forget the these things. Yeah, the devil doesn't need any more advocates. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Johnny Depp doesn't give a fuck about what we think. He's still privileged, so is Amber. And once they end, exit the courtroom and this case is closed, there's no one's going to be discussing the nuance and the incredibly important And the violence conversations. is going to continue for exactly. so many people. It's not going to change yeah. anything for it's the a, real people that are experiencing it. Like, yeah, it's daily. another form of normalising this violence as well because it just creates this, like, culture of people understanding and thinking, oh, it's okay for this to happen, oh, they get away with it, oh, this is men, men are, vi- like, the victims as well, which is totally true. We are not disregarding the experiences of men in this circumstance stance Mm. but it's so important when we do talk about domestic violence and gender-based violence that it is women that are the victims mostly they are and if it is the small minority of women who are perpetrators usually it is a reaction to the abuse that they're receiving or it's in like lesbian and gender diverse relationships where they're often taking on the the heteronormative uh what would you call it yeah of like male and female and they do copy that kind of heteronormative trope in that yeah so the institute of health and welfare statistics have given us a lot of information on this so since the age of 15 one in six women and one in 16 men experience violence by a current or previous partner um that says it for itself. Another statistic is one in four women and one in six men experience emotional abuse from a current or previous partner. And one in five women and one in 20 men have experienced sexual assault. And it's important to note that there are some groups that are at greater risk of family, domestic and sexual violence. These people include Indigenous women, young women, pregnant women, women with disability, women separating from their partner, women experiencing financial hardship, trans women, It's all of these women that need our focus when we talk about these Mm. subjects Mm -hmm. and they need to know that we believe them and support them and that it's not okay to Mm -hmm. agree with violence at all. Mm, Exactly. And I also think it's important to note as well that um, the majority of women who are in prison are in for nonviolent crimes. And so the vast majority of these women prisoners um, internationally as well as Australia have committed uh, minor or nonviolent offences. As opposed to, do you have the um, the men's? No, I don't. No, that's all good. That is good to note, though, as well. Those percentages, like mm, of like yeah. women being in prison for non-violent crimes, I bet you it's a lot different to men being in for violent crimes, and that just kind of perpetrates like that male socialization into, I guess, like perpetrating or being violent. Mm. And then as soon as like going back to this Johnny and Amber Heard thing, as soon as they see a man that is violent but can also get away with it, these men are like, oh, my goodness, Mm. this is what we needed. Mm -hmm. Um, We can be like... We're innocent too. Yeah. Yeah. There's a survey conducted in 2020 of a 1,000 people commissioned by White Ribbon Australia and they the report revealed that... People between 18 and 34 years bracket, over 50% of men do not think constant phone calls or electronically spying on someone counts as domestic abuse. And just under 50% do not believe controlling finances to the extent that an individual is dependent on on another is domestic abuse. Mm. So there's all of these people, 50% of people in the population, let's say, because it's a 1,000 people in this survey of course but where you kind of look at it on a grander scale and lots of these people do these acts not even believing or thinking that they are responsible for violence Mm. and just even transpires into even more like serious things like sexual assault and 
and even violent forms of domestic violence. And I think that I've definitely seen that happen in just like with people that we even we used to be friends with, like where people seriously do not believe victims anyway. And so regardless of who is even with this whole case that's going on, it is just showing you that and it is showing people that they can get away with these things and people will always believe them. Yeah. Not only believe them, but back them up mm. and support hype them, them up and support them. They wouldn't them. do that. I know them so well. Don't you realise that people are complex and multifaceted and people treat people differently every day? People yeah. treat, like, I just, I, I don't know. Yeah. It's just like these people, like, who back other people so defenselessly. I think it just comes back to the fact that when you have supported someone and when you have, you know, um, backed someone or, you know, they're your mate or, you know, they're your loved one or whatever, um, you've invested in them as a person and, like, you Mm. have built that relationship with them and when people have put so much effort or something into something, it's so hard for them to then cut that off because of, you know, uh, something that, you know, someone else has just said when, like, that Mm. doesn't align with their views of the person. But Mm. at the end of the day, like, you have investment in this person as, like, your, you know, personality and the things you do together and, like, your relationships and whatever blah 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 and so when people are being told that like you know what you're this person's doing something wrong it's like a reflection of them they feel and it's like because I've you know had this relationship with this person then maybe I'm a bad person and I'm just Mm. like them so it's hard for people to you know I guess take that ground and take that stand to be like Mm. no this isn't good enough and totally you know and it comes it comes back to like also not fully like cancel culture or anything Mm. like that but it's also not taking accountability for what you've done like even when these people are called out or your your friend is called out or something like that it doesn't mean that's the end it doesn't mean that's it it just Mm. means like that you've been called out for something and you need to do the work to be better than that or Mm. like you need to um to sit with that and like be like fuck these people shouldn't be doing this or acting this way I need to stand up and correct that and if they're just to do that instead of deny 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 it almost looks even better on them and like it creates for a better environment rather than just being like oh I don't want to look bad so I'm just going to back this rapist or or back this um disgusting human being because it's not worth my time or Mm. energy to try to help or or fix or try to do anything yeah Yeah. or actually like you know yeah, just fix it and, like, put in, like, measures in your life where, like, you know that the people you surround yourself with are, like, have the same morals and have the same, like, reflections of life and, like, think the same and have, you know, similar ideologies. But obviously not everyone, like, should think yeah, the totally. same. Like, you know, there's going like to be a people, bit of difference. Yeah, but... yeah. <laughs> people in the world will always think differently, but it's, like... Core values. It's being able to, like, yeah, connect with people that don't have those, yeah, core values. But mm. it's, like... It's even like creating a society that has those same core values. It's mm. like how is that done now when there is so many different yeah. core values? Mm. And I think it comes a lot down to like calling people out and being like, like it's it's shit what you've done. What are you going to do to, to yeah. be better? Not yeah. like it's shit what you've done by. Like yeah, it's never sure. the answer, but like it just is never the solution that people think of. Mm-hmm. If you're going to have them in your life, like do something that makes them fucking better instead yeah. of just denying the behaviour. Yeah. It's yeah. just I feel like everyone's like, yeah, I hate I hate rapists, I hate all of these people. But as, when it comes down to it, do they? Like yeah. they're not going to do anything about stopping <laughs> the behaviour or like... Are you going to call them out when they do their behaviour or are you going to... Go get coffee with them. Yeah, (laughs) literally. Are you going to go help them try to be better? Like, it's just, no, you're not. You're not even going to look into their behaviour. 
And even when we talk about these statistics as well, Rain.org has research that says out of every 1,000 sexual assault cases, 310 are actually reported to police. So Mm -hmm. there are so many people that don't even go through the process of reporting and that is a very clear, obvious reason why and that's because society doesn't believe them and no one actually wants to support and help them further expand and make them feel secure and known and seen and heard because that's what we need to focus on as well. These survivors have gone through such a traumatic event and for people just to stay friends or be cool with the person that has done this or still invite them to parties or, you know, just mm. talk to them in their day-to-day lives. It just normalises this behaviour. And it puts people in danger. It's yeah. not even like just, yeah, it just puts them in mm-hmm. imminent danger mm-hmm. and people, you in danger and your friends in danger if you continue hanging out with people like this. Davo is what happened to you. So, um, so, <laughs> so, so basically, what I'm happened? Victim of was, Davo. Yeah. Okay. Who's Davo? Like, what's Davo doing? Like David from the Bachelor. <laughs> um, that's that's how I remembered, and I was like, David, David, Davo. <laughs> yeah. So basically, what happens is they they did a research on a lot of perpetrators of violence, whether it was um, sexual assault or um, mainly sexual assault. Basically, they found such a um, a trend of the reactions of the perpetrators that they turned it into a saying, Davo. And basically what it is, is at first they deny the behaviour and then um, secondly, they attack the individual doing the confronting. And then thirdly, they reverse the role of the victim and, and offender. So, well, this is written in a very formal way. <laughs> um, offender such that the perpetrator assumes the victim role and turns the true victim or the whistleblower, you, into <laughs> an alleged offender. This mm. happens when the guilty perpetrator assumes the role of falsely accused and attacks the accuser's credibility and mm. blames the accuser of being the perpetrator of a false accusation. As if we don't uh, know Davo when yeah. this happened. <laughs> well, we could have just said Davo. Davo. <laughs> Davo. That is hectic and, yeah, that's it just goes to show it's... how common it is and how easily yeah. people just fall into that the pattern. Category, of, the pattern. Literally. The pattern, it's just mm, repeated. It's blatantly like, there. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, wow. It's weird when that stuff it's happens because, and you hear it. Yeah. Like, and it's like, yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> I feel like it's important to know this as well. Like if, yeah. if lots of people started to recognise this behaviour, mm, they would feel, it. yeah, they would, I guess, see manipulation a lot mm. more. Because even when it's happened, like, personally, to you, you felt so um, isolated, isolated, mm. and also like you kind of question yourself as well. Mm. You're like, "Fuck, did, I, re- did, did, I, did I do the right yeah. thing? Am I living in the right reality?" And that's exactly what this explains that they try mm-hmm. to do. It's For like sure. they think about it, and it's just it's it's such like yeah, the manipulative behavior. Like they've done this over and over again, and they know exactly what to say and which fucking steps to follow <laughs> in order to get away and with imagine it. how and many friendship worked. groups and how many people across the world this like yeah do this and go through this, this for mm. sure and then it just creates i don't know i don't know what it creates mm. and but it, it makes it <laughs> harder it's it harder for it... people to come out yeah yeah, yeah totally. even for other people to step in and be like i'm not tolerating this and i'm gonna say something even those people are then as it says are turned like reverse yeah. blamed for mm. not create for doing like just something trying to just bad. trying to have my go at cancelling someone <laughs> 
<laughs> cancel culture gone mad. Rapists shouldn't be allowed to live their lives peacefully. <laughs> Yet they do every fucking day because they use these methods to make people feel isolated and feel like they are wrong and that mm. they're denied their truth as well by thinking, you don't have the proof, you don't have the evidence, you don't have people to back you, so like that why girl can was you crazy. Think that? Yeah, she was insane. Oh my god, my ex, she's so crazy. Like you would <laughs> Red have <flag>. no idea. <laughs> yeah. Also, if you don't know that, if you hear a guy say that, fucking red flag. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> women, women aren't crazy. Men was she drive. crazy? Did you make <laughs> women her crazy? crazy? Literally. <laughs> oh. On a on a bit of a heavier note, though, I. <laughs> Can it get any heavier? Come on, give it to us. Sorry, I just want to like add these statistics and facts in because it's super important that we all listen to it and learn from it as well. That domestic violence is the leading cause of homelessness, and mm. it's often women and children that are often seeking assistance and help from services because they are exiting a situation that has put them into an unsafe circumstance or they feel like they're compromised in any way. Totally. Um, other social, economic and health-related factors, the shortage of affordable housing, which is a factor, financial issues, relationship issues, unemployment or illness can also push people out of their homes. However, domestic violence is one of the main causes mm. of that and that also comes into what we were saying before how 50% of these men don't believe that controlling finances is abuse um these mm. little things that they do to make someone feel trapped and stuck and and with nothing else yeah. afterwards which is just terrible and then there's no actual when i google um assaults and vic like perpetrators of assault and things like that there is just not much out there on who's done what why are there there's so many statistics on women being mm, victims of these mm. violences yet there's no faces to, and names to any of these response mm. like those responsible to it and it's just fucking yeah, disgusting wow. and that's why when we talk about this debt burst herd case i think it's because it's such a highlighted thing in the media that people are using the fact that the man is a victim because it is right in front of us whereas the media likes to cover up and hide the faces of all of the other abusers out there that are often men. I'm not <clears throat> disregarding that they aren't, but it's often men that do this and that comes from their socialisation and their power over women and them expecting power over women as well. Mm. Like the leading, um, the statistic that, well, the gender, you cannot deny that the genderedness of crime is the way it is. And I think a lot of people do like to try and counter argue that, you know, women can be perpetrators too. But there is just so much supporting literature to really see the, um, like the patriarchal way that um, domestic violence like operates. And mm -hmm. you can see it totally. in same sex relationships. You see it, it it's uh, just follows this exact same pattern and then yeah. of, of abuse. Mm, so, and also sorry. good to know as well that it's like <clears throat> a lot of the male perpetrators that like we were talking about, like like that do get you know put in prison like a lot of them are black and brown people like mm. across the world and as we know indigenous people um on first nations first nations people are the most incarcerated people in the entire world so right here in our backyards when we and it's not uh, obviously it's not a character reflection whatsoever um indigenous people aren't just born 
bad, it's a purposeful thing to put them back into the system and it's just mm-hmm. a continued form of, you know, the stolen generations and all of the histories that have happened. And so when we talk about men perpetrating violence, like it is white men, it's white mm. privileged men because mm-hmm. there are so many other structures that exist for black and brown men and it's it's not the same thing and it is white men that are perpetrating this and that get away with it. Oh. It's not the it's not the <laughs> the white men aren't the ones being, you know, persecuted for this. It's black and brown men who have already been subjugated by white supremacy, by mm. patriarchy and all of these pillars that we always talk about as well. Mm. And so, it, it, yeah, the violence that happens within these marginalised groups, especially First Nations people, is a response to colonisation. And this always happens when this happens when victims of historical violence turn on each other. So an expression of like intergenerational trauma, as you were saying, um, against powerless peers. And so that is an actual like direct result of this you know colonization and stuff it's not a reflection as you're saying of them being an inherently you know more violent group if that makes sense yeah mm-hmm. Wurundjeri woman Suen Hunter spoke about how indigenous peoples have for 234 years suffered gendered violence at the hands of colonizers stating aboriginal women have fought against gendered violence perpetrated by white men since day one The allegations, cover-up and silence on gendered violence in federal parliament is part of the same system of abuse and the same lack of legal and political consequences. Yeah, for sure. And the policing of um, Indigenous people in Australia and especially um, Indigenous women that do get arrested in cases even of domestic violence, it's usually because of the trifecta of over-policing and then also because of other factors um, that, like, you know, just using offensive language in the moment, resisting arrest or um, even assaulting a police officer is usually not resulting in any harm. But all of these things actually end up resulting to them being put in jail for the crimes as well. Yeah, oftentimes a lot of the domestic violence as well. A lot of the cases that where women, Indigenous women, are put into jail by police, they often label them as the perpetrator Mm. of the violence. And it's important to also note that white men are the ones doing most of this violence on First Nations peoples. Yeah, so but even um yeah, it's 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 just horrible like how that is and I think that was what was really interesting even about how um that discourse that was coming out about the new law about coercive control being criminalised. And I think at first glance, a lot of people were like, yeah, this is fantastic. But Mm. going back into what you were talking about is it actually isn't for First Nations women because they're already um, state-sanctioned violence. So when the state is changing these laws, like it has no positive impact for them because the violence is state-sanctioned that Mm. they experience. It gives another um, ability for the state to actually get away with all of these behaviours without any repercussions. Yeah. just as they already Was do. Was it Sisters Inside who did the article about yeah. it? I added that into the resources on that link tree that oh, you awesome. can read. So yep. what, yeah, Sassy and Ruby just explained um, is written into an article by Sisters Inside, mm-hmm. the organisation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which In is collaboration just... with the um, Institute of Race. Yeah, so it's a really interesting article because I think at first glance, it you know, it looks like a fantastic thing, but it's 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 really not. And I think when you really take those extra steps to dig deeper into it, it really doesn't. And even like, obviously, this that was in regard to especially um, First Nations women, probably like a lot of BIPOC women, but even just in general, like 
the way that gender does shape police interactions with people in DV calls in general. What happens a lot is male domestic violence suspects are able to even influence decisions made by officers at the scene of the crime, minimising their own role as primary aggressors and making women who were the victims appear as perpetrators. So that's a common thing that happens to a lot of women. And so even if like looking at those kind of factors as well is I don't think that making more laws like this is protecting anyone. That's why we shouldn't be talking about Johnny Depp and Amber Heard <laughs> because so many people are suffering to such a huge extent and at the end of the day, like we've said a few times, they are rich, white, privileged people and we should be focusing this energy and directing this energy to the people that are around us and the people that are suffering or the people that have experienced all the things that we've talked about. Like this is energy is just driven and driven into this case and people are just so invested in it. It's like if only people just showed as much care or investment in the people around them and their loved ones and their broader community and the wider community and mm. we would be, mm. you know. Yeah. I kind of just mm. see it as like people hating women still. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah. Do you know what it is? It's like a story <laughs> after time. Like, do you remember the fucking conspiracy theories that were going around about Courtney Love killing Kurt Cobain? <laughs> oh, people yeah. didn't want to see their male idol as yeah. faulted. They didn't want to see him as what he was. Same with Stevie Nicks and mm. Mick Fleetwood and how she broke up Fleetwood Mac or whatever. Mm. Oh, no. I'm thinking about. Yoko Ono and the Beatles. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's what came into my but head people when you definitely talk that. shit about Stevie Nicks as well. But mm. all these, like, people, like, everyone just and wants to paint the 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 woman partner as the, the bad one. And John Lennon is a perpetrator of domestic violence as well. And mm. I don't think anyone's ever, you know, and it's interesting that you say that about him and Yoko Ono because mm. of the fact that... Where, yeah. Where is, is that coming from? Like, so abusive. That, that, that yeah, she like, got all the hate. And then the <laughs> same thing, I guess, with this Amber Heard situation is, you know, she's um, stealing his career away. Like, that's not the conversation that's meant to be at play. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, part <laughs> of the rich. Caribbean just Yeah, keep the Margot Robbie. Fuck Johnny Depp. Margot Robbie? She's going to be in the new one. Yeah. Oh, okay. She's I replacing saw that him. Ad, actually. <laughs> yeah. Is she replacing him? Yeah, she'll be the lead. Wow. Oh, that's so cool. That's so much better. <laughs> yeah, it was getting old. Yeah. And there was a lot of things that came out about how he was really destructive on set. He was very rude. He was aggressive. Abusive. And abusive. Yeah. So People why is it so surprising that he's done all these awful things to his ex-partner? It's literally not. People believe what he's doing as well. People yeah. believe what he's doing, like what he's done, but also support him. Mm. <laughs> like it's not even that they're denying what he's done. They're like, Whatever. she deserved it. Yeah. <laughs> what? Where? Yeah, yuck. Which is really scary mm. when you look it at it. It is. Yeah, so I was going to trail on to reactive abuse because it's actually a really common occurrence. So obviously reactive abuse is defined as reactive abuse occurs when the victim reacts to the abuse they are experiencing. The victim may scream, toss out insults or even lash out physically at the abuser. The abuser then retaliates by telling the victim that they are in fact the abuser. So abusers rely on this Mm. by using it as proof that the victim is unstable or mentally ill. They'll use it to hold them, to hold that against them. So if they are in the court of law or if they're talking about it with police or anything, they use that as an excuse and they can put, they can lay, Mm. this can lay like the groundwork for further manipulation by the abuser. These explosive reactions can be used to justify the abuser's actions, make the victim feel like they're unstable or crazy or keep the victim in the relationship due to feeling guilty 
Mm. Or in the cases of public fucking court hearings, mm. guilty. Yeah, because provoking a reaction is a method of manipulation as sure. it's an easy way to frame a relationship to garner sympathy from others, pretty much exactly what's going on in these trials. Mm. And, and it's oh. just so wild, like, hearing that because it feels so, like, like it should be so far away from your reality. But, like, even just reflecting on so many, like, people in the past and like you know personal experiences and experiences with friends and being able to see how abuse has manifested in that way and how you know when you're young you don't recognize it you don't see it like that and you Mm. it really is like hard to learn it and to be able to identify it and see it and you know um be able to recognize yeah that that's actually what that was and like deal with your feelings afterward of afterwards of understanding that that's what a situation is and having that retrospect as you get older and more understanding of things and it kind of links into that whole thing as well that is also similar to Johnny Depp of like young women being with older men who have such a high mm. power imbalance and so much more power than the woman and like why young women do fall so victim to this often all of the time because you know, you're young and you don't understand things and, you know, yeah. you see and the world normalized. in such a different way and it's normalised and, you know, they make you feel a certain way and, like, all mm-hmm. of that stuff and it's it's not okay. And, like, as yeah. soon as you see such a big age difference, like an early 20-year-old with anyone, like, in their late, you know, 30s to 40s, it's a red flag. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's not okay. Like, even, like, you know, a 20-year-old with a 30-year-old, like, that's, you know, it's it should be sparking up those thoughts in your head of, like, what, what's you know, going, what's on, going yeah. on yeah because the maturity levels and the life experience is completely different um it's very inappropriate to be dating obviously minors and underage people but then when one once women turn 18 it's normalized and yeah, they're fine it's and okay it's <laughs> which is so not because what i'm even thinking as a 23 year old i'm like ill i would never <laughs> fucking go near anyone younger than me they are so immature yeah. they don't have the experiences that i do they don't know mm. enough that i do and that's goes that same thing goes for every age group as well because it's always about power and holding power against someone else and when there's these massive age gaps there's obviously going to be a massive imbalance like what ruby just said yeah which can then lead to um things like um abuse and mm. domestic violence because yeah. there is that power imbalance and it can continue more um because they're obviously so young they haven't learned all these yeah. I don't know. Even and, when you look back at when you're 18, like mm. we would have known so much less than we do now. Exactly. And perpetrators sure. rely on you needing to rely on them. Mm-hmm. Like they, they for need so many that. things for validation, for financial Income. support, yeah. like everything. Like they know their power with that stuff and they use it. And it's, yeah. Yeah. Not a good thing. Yeah, because even if you, I think a lot of excuses that people will use to justify being in a relationship that young is, oh, they're they're really mature mm. or whatever. But it it's I felt like I was fucking so mature back then, but I still had so much emotional growth to do. We still do. I look back at that time and I've grown so much from then. And if I was dating someone x amount of years older than me, it would have been a direct um, abuse of power, and mm. I, and I, I could recognize that now, but. I definitely wouldn't have been able to back then. And we can kind of reflect on those things now and be like, okay, I wouldn't date someone necessarily that young because we can recognise how much growth we've done as well. And it's just, it's bizarre to think that some people just have no idea or don't care, but that's when it goes into them being kind of perpetrators because they kind of would have to know if they are going for people that young. 
Yeah, mm. men are, sorry, not men, <laughs> people are completely aware of their actions. Like this is the thing, manipulators think this through. People think about their behaviours and their actions and how people are going to interpret it and who to go to and who's mm. quote-unquote weaker and who's more vulnerable to these situations. And that's the thing as well. Abusers prey on people that perhaps have gone through some hardships in life or need refuge or need support in that way and they prey on people that may not have support around them and then they isolate victims further and that's how these cases become a statistic. For sure. Mm. And even on like a not as intentional note, the gender roles that we have in society create these Mm -hmm. um, thoughts, even in like the gender roles that um, a lot of men feel they have or already puts them a step above. Yeah. Like they feel um, entitled. Like entitled. They know they're entitled. Yeah. They know they have power. They're yeah. not oblivious to it. They yeah. fucking know and they don't fucking like to admit it because then <laughs> when they admit it, then they'll fucking have to deal with the they're consequences and change and they'll, they totally. don't want to. They don't want to change. Yeah. They don't want to be accountable. Like masculine masculine norms in men in Western societies include like independence and self-reliance, toughness, hypersexuality, rejection of homosexuality and femininity, dominance and control like all of these gender binary kind of western norms <laughs> all of these uh things that are men are socialized into create patriarchy in another way as well because these masculine norms are not actually anything to do with their gender identity it's mm. a behavior and it's an idea and it's for them to believe that they have this power to further be abusive or to be perpetrators or be complicit in these situations Like what you were saying earlier, Jazzy, about cancel culture, it's not just about cancelling people. There needs to be implementations of behavioural recordings and to be aware of what you've done and to be accountable and to mm. learn and to listen to voices that mm. aren't just yours as well. Yeah, totally. a whole, a whole um, point is in um, restorative even justice is all about, like, you know, t- accountability and, like, you know, going through those steps. Yeah, and I think, like, we, when talking about, like, say, even Amber Heard and mm. Johnny Depp and stuff, we don't we look at that as something that's not in our society and we're not living within that, like, realm. So mm. we don't think of it as, like, how would we help people? How do we help people, everyday people that suffer from domestic violence? How do we help people who perpetrate domestic violence? Because it's all um, a generational, like, abuse mm. train. It all comes from poverty. It comes from... Colonisation. Colonisation. It comes from not learning, like, the right ways to be because mm-hmm. I don't know how to Because of the socialisation. Yeah, mm. because of the socialisation that these gender roles and society yeah. has created. You need created. to be a man. You need to be strong. So you can't then, show weakness. Yeah, and then we can comment on all of these different types of domestic violence and we can have all of these facts and things like that but without actually doing anything about it. Mm which recently I feel like I have kind of started getting pretty close to this topic and like helping a lot um, in the domestic violence like realm with some organisations. And um, I was lucky enough to sit in on um, a couple of men's groups. I might not say the organisation, but I'll, I'm going to list some organisations maybe in the show notes just so people can have a look at like kind of things out there um, if you're experiencing it or if um, you need help or if you know of someone that could use use some help. Mm. But yeah, these men groups are created to just 
just teach these people. Um, and a lot of them do come from poverty and a lot of them do come from generational abuse. And it obviously doesn't excuse anything um, that these people do, but also if you're just not going to teach anyone, if you're just going to send people to jail rather mm. than mm. this like restorative justice that um, we think is so important because we obviously don't believe in the system that we're under as well. So when we're constantly talking about like um, just changing I don't know when we're constantly talking about changing the system we have to be looking at ways of how to change it and I think mm. um like men's groups like this um how they have like 60 week courses where they learn all mm. about things that that would come so naturally to us mm. like just learning about how they're socialized or why they do the things that they do or um, why they feel how they feel yeah they, how they yeah, feel just talking about how they yeah. feel and I feel like in a lot of our podcast episodes we talk about how men don't speak how men don't talk about their feelings and this is such a huge reason why they perpetrate this domestic violence mm -hmm. yeah and like a lot of people say like oh it's because my home's my safe space oh it's because I feel comfortable there this is why I can let out my inner demons I can let out all of this but we all have these mm. thoughts and we all have these worries and we all get angry but some of us do the work mainly women and non-binary people and men are lagging behind mm. um and Fucking I think it's eyes. really important to be pushing them to to be doing these groups not only just when they've committed the violence but before, before that mm. like oh fuck if we just had one class one class being like male socialization or one class being like what are the impacts of abuse on children mm. what are the impacts of this mm. on um like people it would just be so just, yeah that's a lot of what my auntie's doing at the moment she's a solicitor and she um is explaining a lot to the men the impacts on the children and they, mm. they don't consider that in these custody battles they just are doing it because of that relationship tensions and trying to win back power and to you know just totally. all that ridiculous stuff that comes up obviously in separation but they don't think about the impacts on yeah. the children and so like these little things that obviously we are just we just know so well but yeah they just never think it's of just like lack of education mm. and and not not to say that like educated people do not commit this mm. domestic oh, violence for sure. either because and people it's in emotional power, but, but it is like wrong education even mm. like where they they can be so smart they can be so wealthy but have sure. no clue what's going inside their brain yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> this is a bit of off um, topic but I was listening to this podcast not long ago about why um, straight men are bad in bed and <laughs> <laughs> so it's pretty but um basically or why they go for less um. Uh, experienced partners and it's because they haven't evolved sexually and so <laughs> women obviously are like are exploring themselves so much they have all of these like toys they want to try all of these things and men will go for women who like are virginal or like haven't had that much experience because they refuse to evolve and they've like fallen so far behind that they're like choosing the people that can pull back to like their level <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> I'm just viewing like a pyramid. These yeah. like sexual being women beings yeah. are on top, yeah. and these men are like, "Come back! We just want to have fucking." And it's, we just want to. <laughs> we just want to starfish it. <laughs> yeah, and also like obviously this can open up another can of worms and a whole new conversation. But when we talk about sex as well, porn has such a big influence on that, and the violence that's encouraged in porn mm. has so much influence on how men 
have sex with people. They believe mm. that they can do these things because they're watching something and believing it's true when obviously we know that it's all staged and Maybe our actors. next topic should be porn. What do you guys think? That'd be pretty interesting. Talk yeah. about mm. porn? We've got a few people that we could actually have on the episode with us that have a um, life experience and education oh, yeah. about it too, so that would actually be really cool. So mm. let us know what you think about that. But we'll probably do it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> we don't care what you guys Just kidding. Think. We're going to do it anyway. <laughs> Yeah, message us your thoughts so we can have some podcast ideas. Because I feel like if we had more ideas, maybe we'd be more willing to mm. jump in the podcast room. But mm. we don't have enough time to think of all these things. Or, like, we think of them and then it's, like, two weeks too late. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. But yeah. but, yeah, I hope everyone has had a great week, a great day, mm. great morning. I hope you're feeling okay because yeah. epi- this episode's obviously very heavy and... Uh, the feelings that you may be feeling are completely valid as well. And if you have learnt something about a situation in your life or about someone else, mm. just know there are services out there for you and that we're here for you as well and we believe you mm-hmm. and you're you're loved. Mm. And if you are getting flooded by Justice for Johnny stuff, um, good other, just for different perspectives, um, Clementine Ford has been posting a lot about it and also just look up Justice the for House Amber. The House of Effie as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, she was Instagram the victim account. of Army Hammer and she has a lot of content out there on her Instagram that obviously would be very hard for her to talk about every day, but she's doing lots of work on it and, mm-hmm. you know, dismantling these opinions. And she also gave me the insight on reactive abuse as well because I didn't actually know about reactive abuse. Mm, I mean, obviously you know about it, but when you do know that it's a thing and that abusers use that to rely on these situations, Mm. it just goes to show how... How easy it is to manipulate the situation Mm, as well. A fictional good example of reactive abuse is the TV show The One with Reese Witherspoon and Cena. Oh, Big Big Little Little Lies. Big Little Lies. Mm. Um, yeah, Nicole Kidman's character is a very de- good example of reactive abuse playing out, I think. Yeah, if, and it's yeah. a fucking great TV show. Mm, it, it is, is a good, good TV yeah. show. Yeah, watch Big Little Lies. <laughs> Relax. Have a great Fuck night. All this free promo. Mm. promo. Yeah. <laughs> Reese, Hello Sunshine, sponsor us. <laughs> yeah, thank okay. you so much for listening. We're so grateful for everyone that tunes into this podcast. And don't forget to go on the show notes and the link in the bio uh, and read some of the resources that I added in and do some further researching, of course, because this always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Totally. And if you want to discuss anything about today as well, message us because we love mm. to just Even if talk you don't agree, it. especially yeah. if you don't agree, yeah. message us. Let's yeah. have a chat. Even individually, we don't yeah. mind. We're always yeah. learning, mm. always we learning, are. always growing. We are. Thank you so Bye. much. Bye. See ya. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Revolting Women. We hope you were able to learn at least one new thing from us today. Please subscribe to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and leave us a review as it helps more people find us. You can follow us on Instagram at Revolting Women Podcast or click the link in our show notes. You will be able to find the sources we referred to in this episode today. If you have any feedback, questions, episode topics, want to open up a discussion or come onto the podcast, we would love to hear from you. We would like to take this moment to also state that we are not the creators nor pioneers of this information, and our aim is to build upon the pre-existing teachings that have informed us. We say thank you to the Black and Indigenous women of colour, LGBTQIA communities, 
activists and trailblazing feminists that have fought so we could thrive. If this episode has brought up any triggering feelings, please know that our DMs are open to you. You can contact mental health services such as Headspace, which is a free Australian youth-based service at 1800 650 890 or Lifeline at 131 114. Remove the stigma and reach out. See you next episode. <laughs> What's wrong with that? <laughs>